Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome back to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Heather Norman Burdoff, Assistant Professor in Dietetics and Human Nutrition. Heather, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So today's topic is one that I know is important to all new parents out there. We're talking about introducing solid foods to infants. Yes, and this is incredibly uh, timely and relevant to my life as well because I have a five-month-old, so we are starting to think about this. And I know all new parents, moms, dads, whoever, any caregiver is interested in this topic. And my kiddos are are definitely a little older and certainly out of this stage, but especially with our youngest, I remember that introducing solids was very stressful. You know, our oldest just took off and he ate and, and food was never an issue, but introducing solids really and truly was a challenge for her. So let's just get started with what are recommendations for introducing solid foods to infants? Yes. So this is such a great question because I feel like in parenthood for any caregiver, by the time you figure out one thing with an infant, something is changing. So true. So true. (laughs) So you're always adapting and trying to figure things out. And it's really important when we talk about our baby's nutrition. So I strongly encourage parents who are listening and struggling with maybe introducing solid foods to stick to the recommendations from the World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics. And both of these groups uh, encourage exclusive breastfeeding or formula until six months of age. And at this point, solids are strictly complementary foods. They're even called that because they're not the primary source of nutrition for our babies. They're really just trying to explore and build the skills to be able to eat those solids. And I think that's such an important point because I remember when I was so stressed about our little one, how she wasn't really taking to solids, that it was exactly what you said, that it was complementary. And that's what our pediatrician kept telling us too. She kept saying she's getting the nutrition that she needs from breast milk or formula and, you know, just take a step back, take a deep breath, and this is the time to learn. Right, exactly. Um, And I will say as we have this conversation that when I say baby or infant, we're really talking about up to the age of 12 months old. So up to that one-year-old birthday is what we're talking about. Okay. And you mentioned what your pediatrician said. That's great because some may start to have that conversation of introducing solids as early as the four-month checkup. And that may be because your baby is developmentally starting to show some of those signs that they are ready to move on to solids. And another thing that a lot of people ask about is how often should these babies be eating their solid foods, right? Or that we should try to expose them. And it's recommended that babies six to eight months of age um, are exposed to solids two or three times a day. So maybe at breakfast and at dinner time. And then older babies up to 12 months of age can really, that it can be increased to three or four times a day. So you just said that your baby or infant may be showing signs that they are ready to move on to solids. What are some of those signs that parents should be looking for? Yeah, I think the main reason that six months is recommended is because by that point, your baby should hit enough milestones or developmentally be ready. And those main things are, can they sit up unassisted or with very little assistance? Can they hold their head up and bring food to their mouth without being assisted? Have they learned how to reverse that reflex that they have as a very small baby to push things out of their mouth to protect them? 
Can they use their tongue to move food back? So that's one of the big things. If you see that they're starting to spit it out, they might not be ready. If they can move the food from the front of their mouth to the back of their mouth using their tongue, that's a really big sign. And I think the one that actually we don't talk about as much is are they showing interest in starting solid foods? Are they paying attention to what you're eating? Are they grabbing for the food? I think it's so important, even when a baby is four, five, six months of age, have them at the dinner table with you. Not only are they seeing you practice these skills that they need to develop, but then you can pay attention to whether they're grabbing for the food, they're reaching for it. And that's really when you know that they're ready to go. So you know that I just ask you all of my mommy questions. And I remember this was with our oldest that I was really concerned about starting solids and food allergies. And I know that that's probably on the mind of of lots of parents. What are your general thoughts about food allergies? So I strongly encourage you to talk to your pediatrician, especially if someone in your family, your immediate family, has a diagnosed food allergy. The likelihood of your child having a food allergy is going to be higher. Um, And they can really come up with a plan that is an appropriate and timely plan for introducing some of those high allergen foods like peanuts, eggs, and shellfish. So really talk to your pediatrician and and see what they think. And I definitely remember that it was our pediatrician that that she did. She kind of gave me that guideline of what to do and how to do it and when to introduce certain foods that made me feel much better about it. I've noticed in media recently that there was a Consumer Reports that came out about talking about baby foods. Could you share a little bit with us about that and just give us some more information, break it down for us? Absolutely. I've already been contacted by several friends and family that kind of know that I'm up on this stuff, especially because it's important to me as well right now. And so this consumer report that came out was back in the summer. They actually looked at 50 popular uh, baby and toddler foods. So these included cereals, packaged fruits and vegetables, some of those combo entree meals um, that are common, as well as snacks that babies and toddlers regularly consume. So those puffs would be an example. And, And what they found was actually... It's startling. So 15 of those 50 foods um, had amounts of heavy metals like lead and arsenic um, that were high enough to pose a risk if they were consumed frequently. So this, if your child has consumed this, that doesn't mean that they're going to have some type of learning disability or cognitive defect. It just means that they're at an increased risk if they do. What they found were that the items with the highest amounts of these heavy metals included rice. in some way or form. So the major recommendation I would give based off this report is to avoid rice cereals, rice containing packaged baby foods, or even snacks where the first ingredient listed is rice flour. And for many people, rice cereal is one of the first foods that's introduced. And and really, um, there's no recommendation for that to be the first food. It's just what a lot of people think has to be first. It does not. So there are plenty of other first foods that are iron-containing cereals, that would be a safer option. And just for some reason, I think that the rice cereal, maybe over time, I can I can remember with our little ones that that was just my mom's go-to, that she said, oh, you want to start with, with rice cereal. So that things do change over time and new information comes out, and it's important that, that we stay informed as well. Absolutely. And I would say that don't feel like you're trapped with baby cereals or with those pureed baby foods. You don't have to introduce those first. That, that does, that's not a recommendation. Really, at six months of age, the baby could simply be introduced to foods that the rest of the family are consuming as long as they are cooked and soft 
and they're large enough for the baby to grasp. So a couple, a couple of examples would be a couple spears of roasted sweet potato or a couple wedges of avocado. These are actually perfect baby foods because they're large enough for the baby to grasp. And then there's also enough food exposed that they can get it into their mouth. Again, remember, it's not about quantity at this point. It's not their primary nutrition. It's going to be all over the place. They're probably not going to be taking in a lot at the beginning. They're complementary. It's just exploratory. It's just an opportunity for them to learn. And as I mentioned at the beginning, as we struggled with with our little one, is that she just did not maybe like the texture or the feel or whatever it may be of the traditional type baby foods. And one day she just started eating off my plate in, in like you say, inappropriate, appropriate type foods that were, that she could easily grasp, that she could easily handle, that were not considered to be choking hazards. And as as soon as she started eating what we were eating at dinner, she was completely happy to kind of move on to yeah. solid foods. And that's just probably some of her personality as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a case for a lot of babies, too. Uh, so anything else that we shouldn't offer to our babies or things that we should think about, concerns that we might have? Yeah, just to kind of wrap up, um, I would encourage people to wait until the baby is at least 12 months of age to introduce cow's milk and honey. Those are just a couple that stick out. A lot of people think that juice is something that babies and toddlers need. It's not a solid food, but really it isn't necessary because if they are consuming that in large amounts, it's probably replacing whole fruits, which is what we're going to want to encourage. But if you do want to uh, introduce juice, I would at least wait until six months of age and just definitely keep it to a couple ounces a day. Again, like you mentioned, try to eliminate those choking hazards that are common like hot dogs and cube cheese and grapes unless they are cut into much smaller pieces. And then uh, as babies are learning how to eat, gagging is going to happen. Right. So especially as the baby is learning how to push the food from the front uh, to the back of their mouths. So I would encourage the caregiver to learn the difference between gagging and choking. Maybe that is participating in a baby safety course where you learn the Heimlich. And a common saying is loud and red, let them go ahead, silent and blue, and that's when they need help from you. So that's kind of a, a little thing to keep in the back of your mind. And with that, it's important to always be present when the baby is experimenting and exploring these solid foods. Certainly. We never want to, to leave them alone, obviously. And and I know as, as a mommy that the gagging is part of what kind of adds to the anxiety yes. of solid foods, but it is also just, just part of the, the learning process and learning how to move their tongue back and forth and move the move the food back and forth as well. All great tips today, Heather. And I know that you mentioned it's very relevant to your life currently, but I know it's also very relevant to other new parents out there as well. So thank you so much for sharing with yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.